Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. It is almost time for football. Yay! Saturday. <laughs> the Buckeyes are coming back. I hope they're not. I hope it's good. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Out of nervous. Should be a good year. <laughs> but we thought it would be a good time to talk more about sports and nutrition. And we were so excited to have Don Holmes, certified dietitian in sports, uh, join us back in June. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, after you've listened to this one, go back and listen to that one, especially if you are an athlete, even if you're a weekend warrior, or if you have a child who's an athlete, or even a college student who is is athletic. I think it's a really helpful podcast to talk about that day-to-day fueling, which is really important. But tonight, we're going to talk about some of the other issues with sports and nutrition, specifically hydration and dietary supplements. So stay tuned. So I'm excited to get to talking to Don a little bit more about dietary supplements, especially. I know I don't see a lot of athletes, but I still see a lot of people that struggle with supplements. Uh, And so this is a good topic. And uh, before I get too far into that, though... I did want to kind of remind everyone our last podcast, we talked about sensational headlines and kind of how to understand those headlines, what's in the news. We kind of did a revisit into what we've always talked about here and there on this podcast is evidence-based research, what you're really looking for if there's studies and that there should be studies backing up what's in the news. And what you see in the news is a lot of times just sensational headlines to grab your attention and make you want to click on that headline. So enjoy that, that episode after you listen to this one if you missed it. Amy, I will let you introduce Dawn then. Okay, and so if you are joining us working with Dawn uh, the first time, you can also, like I said, go back and listen to her first podcast with us in June. But Dawn Holmes is a registered dietitian and certified specialist in sports dietetics. So these are the experts. She is board certified (laughs) in sports dietetics. Very, very important. She enjoys helping athletes achieve their best performance through successful fueling strategies. She was a collegiate track and cross-country athlete, and she understands inadequate fueling, finding that balance, and the rewards of that well-implemented plan. She works for the Ohio Health Sports Medicine Program. She's a dietitian for the Ohio Health Runners Clinic, and she has her own nutrition practice, Real Life Fuel, LLC. You can find that at reallifefuel.com. Welcome back, Dawn. So excited. Yay. Thank you. It's nice to be back. It really was one of my favorite that we have done Mm -hmm. because you have such good insight. I mean, I have advised athletes, but I'm not really qualified. And I love that you can really, you have this day-to-day experience. And you've seen probably everything, I would guess, (laughs) by now. Um, Yes, I feel like I've seen quite a bit. Um, It's certainly gives me a broad range and I can remember some of my first like oh I remember my first ultra runner and oh I remember Mm -hmm. my first cheerleader or soccer player or each sort of sport yeah 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 because there's just so much right and you probably have even as a dietitian we all kind of have our specialties and but even within 
you know, athletes, I would assume there's a big wide range of things to stay on top of. Right. (laughs) I felt like we really hit that food fueling the last Mm -hmm. time really, really well. And what I really loved about what you said was that day-to-day fueling is just as important as, you know, the night before, carb loading, whatever, that day-to-day fueling really is key. Mm -hmm. We didn't really get into hydration and it's been just kind of ungodly hot here in the last month. (laughs) You know, what, how can we apply that food, that food fueling maybe to hydration? What kind of advice do you give? Sure. So I think with hydration, one of the things is just having regular intervals to drink. So with the food we talked about as an athlete eating every three to four hours. So with hydration, we want to do, okay, when you're eating, let's make sure that we have something to drink with it. For the adult population, generally about half your body weight would be the number of ounces to shoot for in fluids. It does not have to be just water. You can have, you know, a cup or two of coffee. If you're doing six to eight cups, that's gonna be sort of a negative hydration impact because of Mm -hmm. the extra caffeine. You could do juice, milk. I really like to encourage milk because it has that calcium, uh, protein and carbs there. Smoothies count. Now that we're getting into the fall, we can start thinking about like chili and soups, but it's still hot enough that you can enjoy watermelon, which is also a nice (laughs) watery, juicy fruit. For our like teen adolescent athletes, then we think about like sort of cups of fluids. So usually 10 cups is a good target if they're a larger body or a male also interestingly if you have a higher protein diet then you need more fluid intake to kind of process so as you break down protein you have additional waste products that your body needs to sort of flush out so it could be like 10 to 14 cups of fluids for athletes and especially like teen athletes i really recommend doing sort of the dairy or the soy milk because it has electrolytes that you're replacing from sweat, but then it also has the calcium component that you need for strong bones and teeth, but also for muscle contractions. And if you just drink plain water all the time, I think you may get a little tired of drinking just plain water. Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> so, what, so you know, I think we talk about that 10 cups or half your body weight in ounces there is too much of a good thing. Right. Yes. So and talk about that, please. Because I think that's something that you see these guys walking around with gallon yes. jugs. I see it even at work. I'm like, how much are we sweating at work? Right. I, like, you know, I know, huge amounts of fluid. I was driving through a college campus just this week, and I saw this guy with his gallon jug of water. Okay. A couple of things. One is... We want you to think about sort of your blood. If you have just plain water and too much of it, then it can dilute the electrolytes in your body, and that's not necessarily a good thing. So looking at your urine color and trying to have a pale color, pale yellow, it doesn't have to be crystal clear. When you're exercising, if you are consuming more fluids, 
and just plain fluids, then that could lead to something called hyponatremia. And that usually happens only in sort of endurance events where you're out there for a very long, like you're typically, you know, um, a little bit slower pace and you're drinking pretty much every aid station and drinking just water, you're not putting any electrolytes in necessarily and you're Mm -hmm. over diluting your body's sodium and that could be very problematic. The recommendation is let's not just do plain water. Let's make sure that we're getting some electrolytes in there. We also typically when we're exercising, we're sweating, we're losing fluids. And so at the end of that activity, you probably lost some weight. Some people are like, oh yeah, sweet. Like I lost like five (laughs) pounds. I'm like, that's just fluid. (laughs) That wasn't five pounds of body fat that you shredded over that like, you know, marathon course, but you lost a bunch of fluids. That's okay. You know, let's kind of catch back up with that. But if you gain weight, that's a real big problem because that means you're over drinking. And so that's where when you're doing your training, you are figuring out how much you sweat. And that may be like before and after a training session, you weigh yourself as close as you can to nude so you can see what that difference is. And then if you're losing more than like 2% of your body weight, so, you know, more than three to four pounds, then you probably want to drink a little bit more the next time. The other piece you can take into consideration is how much, how salty of a sweater you are. So Mm -hmm. some people, when you're sweating, it's like dripping in your eyes and it's stinging. That stinging is salt. Mm -hmm. Or if you get done and your shirt has sort of this white, like ring around the collar, that's salt. Uh, If you wipe your head on your forehead and it's really gritty, that's salt. So some people are really salty sweaters. And so the amount of sodium they need to consume while they're actually training is higher. And so there's different types of sports drinks that have different levels of sodium. So Gatorade is a pretty good entry level for most folks. It's around 180 milligrams of sodium per like 12 ounces. There's some where it's closer to like 300, 360. And that may be good for really salty sweaters. But that's something really where working with a sports dietitian can help you really fine tune that piece. Because I find some folks will come and maybe they're just taking a salt tab, which could be five, which could be like 500, almost a thousand milligrams of sodium. And you may not be that heavy of a sweater and you have to make sure you really are getting enough fluids to cover that because fluids follow sodium and we want to make sure that our fluids are flowing in the right way when you're exercising and you're not pulling extra fluids into your gut to try to dilute that sodium and then further dehydrating yourself. So I guess all that to say is if you're taking salt tablets and you're not a salty sweater, you're actually causing yourself greater dehydration risk. I was going to ask about salt tablets. I went back in my running days. I I would feel really sometimes, depending on the weather and the intensity of the race, I, I could feel bad afterwards, like bad. And sometimes I remember one specific time I felt so bad, went out to dinner, 
and I got a baked potato and it had salt on the outside and I ate the salt off the outside potato and it like made me feel better. Uh-huh. And I mentioned that to a friend and she's like, oh, you should take salt tabs. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> right. Like I can, I can eat the salt off the potato, but right. <laughs> I feel like I might want to take salt tablets. <laughs> there's, there's a really significant rate in terms of sodium losses, just like with fluid losses. So it's very individualized. Mm-hmm. And usually the recommendation is start with the low end and see if that resolves it. And usually the challenges are, you know, maybe you feel um, like cramping, especially like with soccer or football where, or hockey where you have lots of gear, you're playing for a long time, you don't have a lot of timeouts or a lot of opportunities to hydrate and you're sweating a lot. So starting with the Gatorade and then if you need more... You can Gatorade or Powerade, those are equivalent in terms of sodium and potassium. And then if you need more, you can add other things like pretzels, which are really salty, or pickle juice. It's legit. Mm-hmm. Like if you can drink it, <laughs> yeah, um, then it's a good source of sodium. Yeah. That leads me to a couple questions that I think about. Is it better for athletes to gulp or sip fluids? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it kind of comes down to what you have practiced with. So you can, you can train your body to tolerate different volumes of fluids, which is really helpful as we have athletes who are conditioning, especially in August, for longer periods of time. They need to consume more fluids. If they're in training and they're sipping or gulping, I would say probably, I, I don't know necessarily <laughs> if there's one that's better than the other. I think that trying to get the fluid in. If you're doing lots of air inhalation with the fluids, I think you could run into sort of some like gas or burping that would be uncomfortable. And if you're able to drink consistently, like every 15 to 20 minutes, have some fluids, whether that's a couple mouthfuls, which would be a couple ounces. So a good mouthful is about an ounce. So if you're able to drink like five or six mouthfuls, every 10 or 15 minutes, that would be a way to kind of stay ahead of it. Or if you have halftime, kind of catch up on your fluids and make sure you go to the bathroom before you go out on the field yeah. then too. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I think the other thing I think about with fluids, and this kind of leads us into our next topic, which is more talking about the supplements as well. Do you have a lot of experience with athletes in particular with energy drinks? And how do you handle that with your clients? So yes. And you can ask our athletic trainers at the high schools. They see it so much. And I'm think we talked about this last time where athletes will come in at the end of the day ready for practice and they're dizzy and lightheaded and they'll ask them what they've had to eat that day and maybe they've eaten just really lightly or maybe they've had a couple energy drinks. Mm -hmm. So with energy drinks, you are getting sugar and you're getting stimulants. So you're getting caffeine, but you're getting probably two or three other forms of caffeine from other plants or other supplements that are in that drink. Hmm. So the amount of caffeine is more often than a cup of coffee. I don't have 
sort of those specifics right sure. in front of me, but I have some infographics that I can pass along. Okay, that'd be great. But the the amount of caffeine, I think, sometimes can be almost 400 milligrams. Some of them are pretty high. I know we've yeah. talked about it on Yeah, and depending on here. how many of those drinks they have a day. So I've found a lot of athletes are doing those for breakfast or doing them before practice because they need that pick-me-up. Mm-hmm. So the concern is you're not giving your body really any food fuel. You're just giving it more of a stimulant. And by giving it these sort of layers of caffeine, it can lead to sort of a dehydration risk and some cramping because you have all this stimulant and it can elevate your heart rate. And if you're exercising in a really hot environment, our athletic trainers are seeing a lot of issues with dehydration and athletes using these products Hmm. also at the collegiate level the ncaa um, if you consume a certain amount of caffeine so if you're drawing multiple energy drinks or multiple coffees you can actually test positive for caffeine which in high doses is a banned substance Hmm. so that's a big concern also the american academy of pediatrics does not recommend it for youth under the age of 18 and our athletic conditions, (laughs) except for the marketing teams at those products, it's not an advisable substance or beverage. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. It's easy and convenient to give you energy, but what your body really needs is food and water or milk. Yeah. 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 Cause you, you do hear, you know, if you read like runner's blogs that, you know, some like a cup of coffee before a run is not a terrible idea if your body body can tolerate it. How is yes. that different than, I mean, I know you said there's other substances in it, you know, a cup of coffee versus an energy drink, you know, it's not, it's not food though. And I think that's where students think, well, it's, I got the pick me up I needed at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. And caffeine itself, maybe they've read caffeine is not bad to have. Right. I think it's the amount of caffeine plus all the other sort of ingredients in there. They make this, it's almost like a cocktail where you're not quite sure how you're going to respond. And you Mm -hmm. have multiple forms of caffeine that are cumulative plus sugar. So you have these different ways that you're getting energy, but it's not necessarily a way that's best for your body or even that your body really will tolerate well right right yeah we talked about that there are athletes who tested positive for banned substances and i don't know whether it was that caffeine or other ingredients in the energy drinks ah yeah celsius is one of the most popular right now Hmm. and so if you are if those are part of your routine and you're dependent on them hey, take it down slowly, wean yourself off slowly and replace it with other foods so that your body doesn't crash and you end up with headaches. And that's really important. Yeah. And if you're consuming large amounts of caffeine, like you can have jitters, you can run into insomnia, difficulty concentrating. So you're almost overly stimulated and that's not helpful either. Yeah. So Amy, I think you said like a cup of coffee versus an energy drink. Yeah. Like that's a small dose. It's sort of a controlled dose. We know what's in coffee, caffeine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe some, maybe some creamer, but then 
Yes. And some people respond and some people don't. And some like gels or goose have a little bit of caffeine in it, but mm-hmm. it's a smaller dose. It's not right. A five it's a hour huge difference. Shot yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to circle back because this is one of the most common questions I get, even from yeah. family members cramping. Is it hydration? Is it potassium? Is it sodium? <laughs> is it all of it? <laughs> what is it? Because I think I have, I have clients that say, well, I'm getting cramps. I just need to eat more bananas. So I know we've seen, like, I remember one football game. I think it was a Super Bowl halftime. They had, like, a tray of bananas. But they, they were kind of beat up bananas. But on it, so typically it's sodium. When we That's sweat. What yeah. When we sweat the electrolyte we use, lose the most is sodium by a significant amount, probably about four times versus potassium. So we need to find a beverage that has sodium in it, and we need to make sure that we're hydrating consistently. These are muscle cramps, not side cramps. Yeah. Side cramps mm-hmm. are different. And that's where, like, maybe you're taking an excess air type of thing or mm-hmm ate too close or you're not conditioned well but cramping muscle cramping sodium is the challenge now there are some beverages out there where they're a high potassium beverage and they're marketed to act as a sports drink and i know they're so typically if it's a coconut based product where it's a coconut water they are very high in potassium and I had a cross country athlete who was going to be competing at nationals and she met with me. We had worked together before, but she met with me just to kind of fine tune her plan for nationals. And she was like, I just feel a little off physically. So we kind of talked through her day and she was drinking a lot of these like coconut water type drinks. And I was like, you know what? I think that sodium and the potassium are sort of opposites which is why when you have high blood pressure, we're like, hey, make sure you eat lots of fruits and veggies because they're a good source of potassium and they'll help you excrete that extra sodium in what you're eating. So if we're an athlete and we're consuming lots of potassium, it's causing us to excrete extra sodium Mm. and our electrolytes are just kind of off. And especially during exercise, we don't want to lose more sodium. So I was like, hey, I think that you would be better off if you did water or maybe you replaced it with a sports drink like a Gatorade or a Powerade or a Scratch where they're more aligned with the actual electrolytes in sweat loss. And Mm. she said she felt much better. Yay. (laughs) I think that's a question I get frequently is that people assume that it's a banana issue. Yeah. You know, and and I say, I think it's really probably an overall hydration issue and likely sodium. So thank you for busting that myth because that's something that... (laughs) I see. And that leads us right into the dietary supplements because are people taking supplemental potassium? Are they taking supplemental sodium? And this is, I'm so glad you mentioned salt tabs. And I don't know if, um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people saw this week, there was a congressman who his wife died after taking a dietary supplement for weight loss. It had a, an herb in it called white mulberry leaf. And I think her death was several months ago, but I think they have just sort of figured out mm-hmm. what it was that killed her. And they believe it was a dietary supplement. And I put it on my Facebook page. I, I understand everybody wants to take these, take supplements, but these things can literally kill you. It is, yeah. it is something that 
I know, especially with sports, this is an industry uh-huh. and not necessarily the best Billions. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Where this is an industry that is preying upon athletes mm-hmm. in some ways. Many ways. Yeah. 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 So sad. Because yeah. everybody, you know, we have all these industries, the diet industry, you want to look beautiful and then the athlete, like, how do you get better? Mm-hmm. Right. How can you look better, perform better? So supplements, that's, okay, so supplements, wow, like huge can of worms because this is the area of sports nutrition that is daunting for me as a sports dietitian with an expertise in this area who's been practicing for over 15 years because it's constantly changing and the industry supplements are not a medication they are released to the market and they don't have to have any kind of evaluation of whether or not they're effective or safe mm-hmm. they can just say hey we have some really good stuff for you and if you take it it works but they don't have to prove it you as the consumer are sort of the guinea pig and if there's any negative consequences then you can report it to the fda and then they can go after the company and have them take it down yeah that's a good point Which, people need to be aware that they can do that if they're having adverse right, you, you can do that but yeah. if you're taking a bunch of stuff you probably don't know which right too so, <laughs> So one yeah. of the things that Amy just mentioned is a weight loss supplement. So when looking at supplements, there's sort of three things, four things to consider. The first thing is, is it safe? And is it safe um, to take? Is it safe for your body? Are you going to be okay by taking it? it? Does it, is it effective? Like, does it do what it says it's supposed to do? Is it legal? And especially important for athletes who are getting drug tested And every sort of organization, so NCAA, the International Olympic Committee, NBA, MLB, Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da-da, they all have their own things that they're looking for. So it's not necessarily across the board. But in some situations, Mm -hmm. big picture, yes. And then is it financially worth it? So... One of the things like the safety or the purity of the product. So oftentimes weight loss products and muscle building supplements, those are the groups that are most often contaminated with other things because then they work. Yes. Hmm. Because they have because they have banned an illegal substances in there. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> anabolic steroids in some of these. Yes. Yes. But you really don't know by looking at the label because they have all these scientific names and it sounds really cool and you can kind of Google it and figure it out. So I was at a high school talking to students about supplements and this kid was like, hey, can I take this? And I was like, "Okay, let's Google it. It was a horse tranquilizer. I was like, no, (laughs) no, do not take that product. (laughs) And there's a lot of. um, Products that are made overseas, proprietary blends. Oh, yeah, see thank that you so much. Uh-huh. So proprietary blends are like grandma's secret cookie recipe. <laughs> right. You don't know what's in it, but you know they're delicious. <laughs> proprietary right. blends are a red flag. So they're sort of like these hmm. good, these bad, these ugly when looking at supplements. I have this great handout, and um, I'll give it to Amy. Okay. And 
Laura to get it for you. So <laughs> when you're looking at supplements, you want to, some red flags are if they have a proprietary blend, which means you don't really know what's in it. And so you shouldn't take it. And mm -hmm. products that are notorious for proprietary blends are pre-workout supplements. And pre-workout supplements really are primarily just caffeine stimulants so that you feel kind of pumped up and you kind of have that like pulsing but really what your body needs is carbs before workout. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a little protein so you don't get <laughs> and some fluids. When I'm working with athletes and clients who are coming in, I'm like, "Hey, bring your bring your supplements in and we'll look at them mm -hmm. and we'll kind of evaluate them together." And this is the process that we go through. So, we look at the label and we look for that proprietary blend. That's sort of the first thing that we look at. And if they have one, it's sort of like, mm, okay, let's put this one to the side. Usually we want just like a protein powder, maybe creatine and nothing like maybe some branch chain amino acids, but we don't want a whole multivitamin type supplement because the more things we combine, the more risk we have of it being contaminated or having other things in it. So one of the places we go to know whether or not it's clean, there's a couple of places that test products because we know the manufacturers don't. So NSF Sport is one of those sites and Informed Choice is another one, hmm. for, particularly for athletic supplements. And so what they do is they test to make sure that it doesn't have any banned substances in it, hmm. and that what they list on the label is actually in the product. Yes. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. But the manufacturers aren't doing this. This is them just independently pulling them off the shelf and checking them and inspecting them? No. I think no. the manufacturers send it to them. Oh, okay. Because they want, they want their to product prove. to be like, look, look, we're clean. Gotcha. We're good. Okay. So what they do is they make sure basically it's clean and it contains what it says it contains. Okay. So in a way, like they're checking for safety, but we don't know whether or not that product actually will do anything right. from a performance benefit. Right. And so that's where we have to pull out the literature and the Australian Institute of Sport, they have a fantastic website where it breaks down supplements into classifications, uh, A, B, C, D, basically, here's the research. We know that these things really do what they say they do. Strong scientific evidence for use in specific situations in sport using evidence-based protocols. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so when you use this product in accordance to what the research has shown, you will have a benefit. And so listen up, sports foods, sports drinks, gels, electrolyte supplements, isolated protein supplements, and then mixed macronutrient supplements. So like Cliff Bar, protein bar, like mm -hmm. food. Food. Right. It's effective. Right. Food is effective. Okay. okay. Then, then there's sort of like the medical su supplements. So I'm going to tangent here a bit. So okay. if you have a legitimate deficiency then supplementation is very appropriate. In fact, it can correct that deficiency, and that's what we want to do. So vitamin D, iron. So looking at ferritin levels, stored body iron, not just your hemoglobin, kind of taking in, you know, ferritin, stored iron, 
mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Calcium, a multivitamin, pro- probiotics. But again, like with those, you need to be careful because there's a very different strains and some people respond and some people don't. Right. Um, zinc. So yes, those kind of things. And then also in this group A, performance supplements. So there are some supplements where the literature has reviewed it strongly. Caffeine is one of those, beta alanine, bicarbonate, beetroot juice or nitrates, creatine. And so looking at what the research shows, and so it, those may not work in, for every type of athlete in every type of situation. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not need those, but if you're looking for sort of this performance edge, then they may be helpful. So, and with that, I want to say supplements are kind of like the icing on the cake. You have to have a cake to ice first, which means you have to have that food foundation and the food around the training or they don't do anything. They're just, that's where like that money component, like do you have all that other stuff in first? Mm -hmm. And then you maybe you spend a little money on some creatine or you know what? I need a little bit more of a boost with my protein, but often we can figure out a way to get it in from food. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Food is very synergistic. So this beetroot juice, like those are dark leafy greens. Right. That's where you get the nitrates. Arugula. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bicarbonate. Hello, baking soda. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) they don't have to be expensive. Um, Right. No, I love, I love that. that. Comparison. I right. do. Yeah. I, I remember, um, you probably are familiar. It's, it's a, the book is like a million years old um, now, but Leslie Bonchi did her nutrition for coaches or something book. And she did a comparison of the cost of creatine versus buying chicken. And <laughs> like, it was, it was a kind of a hilarious comparison because it was it, it, buying food was even with our outrageous grocery prices now, was still less expensive than buying supplements. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like a multivitamin. So a multivitamin like Centrum or one a day, like those typically are reliable sources for vitamins. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's lots of different, and gummies often don't contain all the things that a regular tablet will. The reason tablets are big is because they contain all that stuff, especially the calcium piece. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to say is I had an athlete who came to see me who wanted to take creatine. He was a high school athlete. He was like, I just want to get my parents off my back, and I just want to take creatine. And I said, well, <laughs> it's really not recommended for high school athletes, even though we know you guys are all, you are all trying. I mean, it's a popular supplement. It's been researched forever. I did my undergrad sort of final paper on it, which is a long time, like over 20 years ago. So, and there's, we're seeing lots of other ways that it can be useful and helpful. So of all the supplements, like that one is very well researched and it can be used in a variety of different ways as long as you're using it appropriately. But again, it's not recommended for those under 18. But anyway, so he was a high school athlete, and when we looked at what he was eating, he just wasn't eating enough calories or spending enough time in the weight room to have any significant muscle development. <laughs> so sure, you can you want to put on 20 pounds of muscle, but you got to eat a lot of food. 
And right. you have to spend a lot more time lifting and doing a strength program that's a designed strength program. And so we started sort of the end of the school year and then over the summer, he focused on eating more and we made a plan for him. Nothing earth shattering, just I need you to eat more often and here's some ideas of what those foods could look like. And I need you in the weight room more often. And by the end of the summer, he gained about 10 pounds, which wow. was great for him. Yeah. He put in, I think his work ethic changed significantly. He had gained a lot of strength mm-hmm. and he said, I don't think I need it. That's right. You don't. <laughs> right. Nice. Right. Yeah. And I think, that's yeah. A, I think that's a great way to wrap tonight. Up. Yeah. Nothing replaces food and the work. No supplement. Yeah. No energy drink. Start nothing replaces right. Yeah, start I mean, with the can't... basics first. You've got to have right. that basic. I love yeah. the analogy of the, the icing on the cake. Right, there has been no cake. <laughs> Don't put the I icing. Mean, I just, I, I think that I will use that now forever. I will too. It's um, fantastic. I love um, it too. I, nothing, and you, you said it exactly right. If they're not spending the time in the weight room, I've had tons of people ask me about supplements, and they're not, they're not doing enough lifting, or they're not mm-hmm. eating enough protein. Well, right. and that supplement's not going to do anything for you on its own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I feel like I and, mostly see more weight management, but I kind of feel like yeah. that kind of is the same thing with our weight management clients, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you, you're not eating a balanced diet, you're not eating consistently throughout the day, you don't have fruits and vegetables as part of your diet, you know, why look at these other things? That's what you need to do first. Yeah. They're not magic. It's not magic. And eating more protein doesn't magically build muscle. It doesn't. Yeah. 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 Yes. Well, thank you, Dawn, for being with us tonight. I just, again, just think you're a phenomenal resource. And, uh, you know, again, if you are looking for advice from Dawn, you can visit her website at reallifefuel.com. Again, she's part of the Ohio Health Runners Clinic, so you can reach her there as well. We appreciate you spending your time with us. And we will post some of the links that she mentioned, that informed choice. And what was the other one? NSF support. NSF sport and I think that's very important especially if you're a high school athlete or if you're a college athlete that and you see you know I remember seeing this even you know Olympic trials over the summer with track and field people mm-hmm. who were testing positive for stuff and I think they weren't intentioning to you right. know oh, right yeah it wasn't Nobody intentional was doping. positive right this wasn't like... right this wasn't intentional doping this was accidental right. in yeah. many cases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yeah so Well, thank you again for being with us tonight. If you have questions for Dawn, you can reach us at Secret Life, uh, excuse me, dish at secretliferd.com. You can reach us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians, and we will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts.